Welcome everybody to Pros and Joes. I don't know where my other Joe is, and that might be why I'm a little off kilter, but we're going to keep rocking this thing because we got a Yankee and the Met in the house. So we're doing Pros and Joes talking friends or foes. And so what we're doing is we're having some of our in off the bench podcast guests who are former team, formerly teammates and now on different teams and getting a little bit of a different perspective. So tonight we got Eric Razelman and Paul Gervais. How are we doing tonight, fellas? Great. It's good to be here. Awesome, man. Just good to good to see Paul and you again. Man, <laughs> Paul's got the hair flow. Ain't nobody trying to see me, man. I'm old, got chubby face, got white beard. Paul's Paul's the man. Got he got the flow. But, uh, man, you know, let's talk about this real quick. So, Eric, you know, for those who maybe didn't hear your In Off the Bench episode and, you know, some time has passed since then, talk to me, man. When you were at San Francisco, when you signed with San Francisco, you started at the University of San Francisco, could you ever have seen yourself being drafted in the fifth round by the New York Yankees? Man, I mean, I didn't understand what was going on at that point. You know, I, I didn't know that that baseball would take me that far. Obviously I wanted it to, um, you know, I was that, like I said, like I said before, I was that stubborn kid at, you know, seven, eight years old that, that said, I'm going to play major league baseball. And I, I think that um, I was the only one convinced. So, so back then I really didn't know. Um, but I get to San Francisco and, you know, it's college baseball and, and, you know, it's way farther than I'd get. And I mean, didn't know I'd be playing, you know, professional baseball, much less didn't know I'd, you know, see myself in an LSU uniform, um, you know, one that I'd tune college base, tune into college baseball on, you know, and any time growing up and I'd always see purple and gold playing and never saw myself, um, you know, being able to wear that uniform and, and be at Alex Box. So it's it's been a crazy few years and, you know, just kind of trying to keep the train running. Yeah. And I mean, y'all have similar paths going to you, Paul. Same thing, man. You're at Wake Tech Community College. I mean, you know, we talked to you. Did you ever see yourself being drafted in the 12th round by the New York Mets? Not even close. <laughs> no way. Uh, no, it's a crazy experience, man. Like Russ said, uh, we were both the same for me, a kid that told everyone, oh, yeah, I'm going to play Major League Baseball. And everyone's like, okay, well, you better better make sure you have a backup plan. <laughs> so, I don't know about that one. And, uh, yeah, I guess it kind of took me a while to figure out that, hey, uh, you you don't just get there by wanting to. You actually got to put in the work. And uh, like Red said, just this journey took us to LSU, and, which is unbelievable. I couldn't have picked a better university to go to. And then now in pro ball, it's uh, got to work our way up now. So it's a lot of fun. Yeah, it's an interesting dynamic. A lot of these guys that we interview, like yourselves, from the SEC, top teams, get drafted – you know, didn't start off at LSU or Ole Miss or Mississippi State or Arkansas. It's amazing how many of you guys come from another school first and then work their way there. So, you know, not everybody's dealing Cruz, right? Like, so like, it's, and I don't think people really understand the grind and how guys like you believe in yourself and you work your way to get, like you said, to LSU to ultimately getting drafted. And, and sometimes I think it's unappreciated just it, the amount of work that you guys put in. And so, you know, Eric, for you, for those who don't know, draft day, what's it like for you? Where are you at? Who are you with? How's it go down? Well, well, first and foremost, um, I got I to gotta address the no one's Dylan Cruz comment. Yeah, no one is Dylan Cruz. I'm just going <laughs> to throw that out there. No, Nobody is Dylan Cruz. Nobody will be Dylan Cruz. Dylan Cruz is Dylan Cruz. So, felt like Paul, Paul, you were going to if I didn't. So, <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, I had to throw that out there. Um, man, draft day was crazy. Um, you know, I obviously 
known it was coming that year. Uh, been looking forward to it. I mean, was just trying to put myself in the best possible position. Um, but you know, come draft day, there's nothing else I can do. It's just sit by the phone and and hope you get a a couple texts or a call that you know you're expecting and looking forward to. And um, it was a crazy kind of ride of emotions. We knew it was going to be day two. Didn't know how early. You know, it, from what we were hearing early on, it could have been as early as the third. Um, and you know, things didn't go our way. Like I, I understood it could have, it could have gone any way and, you know, I was all right with it. I just wanted to play professional baseball, wanted to see what was out there, um, and, and kind of realize that, that dream. But I was at a restaurant. Um, it was actually a pizza place that we used to go to a lot growing up. Um, thought it'd be a perfect spot. You know, all family friends remembered it and probably about 18, 19 people, just like close family, um, four or five friends. Um, and you know, got there, put it on the TV and, and it's unbelievable. I mean, I, it was, it was a weird, you know, little story. I, my old travel coach actually was there. Um, and he was sitting there scrolling Twitter cause he was too impatient to watch it on TV. So he knew about 15 seconds before the rest of us did. And, you know, he started shaking me, yelling something about the Yankees. I was like, dude, I was like, stop, stop, please, please stop. Um, and I actually found out, you know, half a minute later that it was the Yankees. So it was an unbelievable day. Um, definitely something I'm going to remember for the rest of my life. I'm glad I was able to have family there with me. Yeah, no doubt. For for me personally, like, you know, growing up, like, you know, it was the Yankees and the Dodgers were such a big deal. And, and even for Paul, the Mets, which we're fixing to get to. And so the idea, like, to your point, like, dude, the Yankees just drafted me. Like, I, I couldn't even – put myself in your shoes and know what that, I mean, my heart would beat out of my chest. And so Paul, for you, man, Mets big time organization, especially now they, they're, they're back on the map. Obviously they were down for a lot of years. So, I mean, you know, where are you at and what are the emotions like? Who's with you? Uh, yeah, it was crazy. I thought I was going to go on the second day. It was wild because I was with my family. Uh, we were at my house uh, watching the draft as it went on, I thought it was going to be sooner and it kept getting later. And then they start signing the, uh, the senior signs. So like the guys that are going to take a lot less money to sign because they don't have any leverage or eligibility left. So it got towards the end of that and towards the end of day two, like <clears throat> I started to realize like if I actually want what I actually feel like I'm worth and what I'm valued at, then, then it's not going to be today. And uh, I didn't know what it was looking like. I thought I was going to have to end up going back to school. And uh, it's crazy how it happened. The next day, I talked to Coach Johnson a couple of times. Um, I, I really thought it was about 80% sure I was going to go back to school. But I learned that they will give you over the slot on the third day, but it just comes out of their bonus pool. And I didn't even know they could do that. Yeah, well, you you broke you broke us LSU fans' hearts because you did do that yeah. when you were coming back. So thanks for that and then ripping it out. But to your point on the slot value, I forgot who the guy is who tweets all everybody as a drafted slot value. And I learned so much about that, Paul. Like to your point, there were guys that maybe, you know, could have been even like the 17th round, maybe getting more than a guy in the eighth round, just depended on how they all broke it down. And each team has a different setup as well and what they have to be able to spend. Yeah. So it was wild. I was actually just sitting in my room. Uh, just kind of watching it on my own, looking through it, and I was like, "Oh my god, I just I just got picked by the Mets." <laughs> it was wild. I was like literally by myself because I I didn't know what was going to happen. And uh, my girlfriend was there, and then my parents were downstairs, 
And I was, my dad was like, Paul, I just heard your name. And then this guy called the uh, area scout for the Mets in Louisiana called me. He was like, Hey man, like uh, we're going to give you, we're going to give you a number. Like we're really excited to have you on board. And uh, it was from there, it was just like a rush of emotions. Like it felt like it, obviously it's a dream come true and day I'll never forget. So for you, Paul, you know, since Eric goes first, what are your emotions like a guy who's coming out of the pen that you've spent time with? What's it like when you see him get drafted? Oh, I was fired up. I was sitting there with my family and we all just started cheering when we heard his name. It was really awesome. Uh, just watching and you hear your buddy's name go up and you hear him talk about him a little bit. And you're like, wow, like, yeah, I went to war with that guy every single day for the entire spring. And it was, uh, it's really cool to see him because he wasn't the same pitcher in June that he was in February. I like to think that both of us uh, made a significant progress and got better. And uh, it was really cool to see that happen for him. Same thing, Eric. I mean, what's it like, man, seeing your buddy that you've been putting all that time in with get, get drafted as well to, to the other New York team? Well, it's, it's funny because, I, you know, I saw the tweet that Paul sent out that night saying so he was going back to school. And I was like, I was like, part of me, I was like, come on. I was like, someone's going to take him even regardless. I was like, someone's going to take him. So I'm sitting there scrolling Twitter the next day. And sure enough, yeah, I see it. And I'm like, there it is. I'm like, there it is. <laughs> I was so fired up, man. I was so fired up. Paul, he deserves it. I mean, every guy that got taken, you know, from our team last year deserved the heck out of it. And it, it was such a cool thing for, for the four of us to to be able to go through that together. So if I was talking to guys from any other team, I wouldn't be able to, you know, with Paul, I, I would say, you know, you're missing out on fixing to get a national championship because I truly believe in my heart, not as an LSU fan, but with that roster and with what Jay Johnson's doing, they're fixing to win a national championship. But my man Paul here, last time we had him on the show, was fixing to play in a championship game with the St. Lucie Mets. And he told me, Eric, he said, we got Blade Tidwell on the mound, who's also a guest of the show from Tennessee, and he said, I'm going to close this thing down when, it, when it's all said and done. And sure enough, man, Blade does his job. Paul gets a save. So, Paul, tell me what it was like with St. Lucie getting that championship just right out the gate. Yeah, it was crazy. Uh, so we didn't want we were actually playing uh Doty's team, Kate Doty, and we didn't it was game two, and every you know, everybody you get to celebrate, you get to go home the next day if you win. So we were not trying to stay another day. We were ready to go home. We've been all of us basically, especially <laughs> the college guys, we've been playing baseball since the first week of January. We were ready to go home. We were like, we gotta win this game. And uh, so we came out strong, uh, blade through. I think he went five scoreless. Uh, and so the plan was we went to the bridge guy, Javier Atencio, who's a, one of our prospects. And he got into a little bit of trouble in the sixth inning, and they called on the bullpen and told me to get ready. I'm like – and Rez knows this. Like, I don't throw more than one to two innings normally. And they're like, oh, yeah, Paul, uh, get ready, and we're just going to – we're going to ride you. See how long you can go. I'm like, good Lord. So I get out of the sixth inning, seventh inning, first two guys get on base, get out of it. Eighth inning, a little bit smoother, get out of it. Ninth inning, we're up by three. And he's like, yeah, you're going back out. I'm like, great. I'm at like uh, 40-something pitches. I'm like, this is new territory for me. And, uh, of course, Doty's leading off, and he hits one about 105 right up the middle to lead off the inning. And I'm like, great, he's going to make me work for this. And uh, but then eventually, <laughs> uh, eventually got out of it, and it was really cool to win and celebrate with the guys. Yeah, you, you say you're not used to that, but I don't know, man. I thought in regionals they were going to just pitch you like until your arm fell off. That's, I mean, you were pitching so well. That, that's, the, that's the way I thought it was going because you went three innings that game in Hattiesburg, didn't you? Yeah, that was the most I did the whole season. And then I went 3.1 uh, for St. Lucie in the finals. 
Yeah, so we know you can do it, man. Next thing you know, you're gonna be starting, Paul. I, 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 I can see it happening, but no, don't it's scare funny, him. Don't scare him. No, don't scare I'm not him. starting. No chance. Well, Paul, might be, Paul might be the only guy that I know, only pitcher that I know. We had this conversation. I mean, like all the guys, like you know, wouldn't mind starting the game. Like oh, like all bullpen guys, like, we joke around. You know, like Trent got a start the year before, and like he got a start, I think, in a scrimmage or something like that, and. um I mean, we, we, we give them some crap, you know, like any, any bullpen guy that starts, we usually give them some crap. Like, oh, like you're leaving, you're leaving the dogs behind. Like, come on, man. You're turning into <laughs> one of those guys. And there's always a little banner with that. And then Paul, I swear, man, he's the only one that goes, no, I don't want it. I don't want to start a game. I like my job. I like throwing one. Put me out there. I'll throw hard. I'll come back in, sit down, watch the guys do their jobs. Like, I love it. Well, and, and it's interesting because, like, I remember we had we had Taylor Broadway on before his Arizona game in the Super Regionals, right, where he'd end up starting, and he was talking about he was ready for it. He was ready for the assignment, and then we talked to him afterward, and he was like, yeah, it was way different. So, yeah, it, it, it sounds good. It sounds good. Only Kevin Copps from that Arkansas team, like, just made it look normal, right? Like, golly. But, you know, for, for you, Eric, well, let me actually ask because Paul brought it up, and, th- and, and we do like talking about the other guys, even though this is about you two. With Paul or with K Doty, like um, you know, he was wrecking it. Like Eric, I know you're not a big social media guy, but like, were you seeing and following what Cade was doing? Because I know Paul's familiar. Like Cade was wrecking it. Well, I pitched against him. Me and Paul. Oh, both, did you? It's actually yeah. I, I I got to throw. So I threw a little bit with the Tampa Tarpons, our, our low A team, um, at the end of the season. I, you know, felt working on some stuff. So you know, it wasn't what I, I wasn't too happy with it, but I ended pretty strong and. I uh, was able to face Kate. He was my first professional strikeout ah. and uh, struck him out. And then, of course, he comes up the next at bat and hits an absolute piss rod up the middle. Um, <laughs> like he just he couldn't let me go. He couldn't let me go two for two. He, he had to take one. Um, and I was probably the only guy. I think the only guy that series I saw that that, you know, had one at bat that looked even somewhat comfortable for a pitcher. You know, I, it, it was unbelievable. He was making every guy work, found stuff off of two strikes, leave anything middle. He's hitting it 400 feet. I mean, he, he really had worked on some parts of his game that he wanted to during the, you know, the last year. So he's going to be an unbelievable piece for them. Um, he's, he's awesome, man. I love Cade. Yeah. And uh, we're going to get into just talking about, you know, hoping and wishing for success and, and meeting up with different guys. But I was not aware that we're going to have to, you know, for being a, a part of the Yankees organization, Eric, we're going to have to talk to the uh, the SI department because I didn't see any post about that. Like St. Lucie, I seen all the stuff that had to do with Paul and I seen all the stuff to do with, with Cade. So, like, I don't know, man, they, they were hiding your stuff, man. <laughs> it's messed up. Ah, but. But, you know, so obviously I know when we had talked to you, you were down in Florida, um, you know, is, I mean, is that where you spent the majority of your time though? Is it was down there? Um, yeah, I, I live here now. So okay. I live in Tampa, um, have a place here, I have a roommate um, and spending down here in the off season at the facility, um, working out there, working on a lot of stuff, pitch design, um, doing a ton of stuff down here. It's, it's, it's awesome. I love it. Gotcha. Well, this show is called Friends or Foes for a Reason because we've done all the friendly chatter for now. We're going to get into a little of the uh, the other side of things. And so, guys, I'm going to start with you, Paul. I'm going to come to you first. Coach Johnson needs one inning. He just needs one inning. Wins the College World Series. Is he coming to you or is he coming to Razorman? <laughs> 
What are we doing? What are we, you can't do that. What are we doing? Well, hey, I'm gonna tell you right now <laughs> the, the Tennessee and Mississippi State guys had no problem answering these questions. Don't let LSU flake out. Oh my god, that's unbelievable. Are you a believer in yourself and it's you, or or is it Eric, man? Tell me. I'm gonna say Coop. <laughs> nice. He's gonna go to somebody else. Hey, hey! I, on the last episode, I asked Cameron James and Josh Hatcher who had better home runs, and they couldn't—they couldn't argue their way fast enough about who hit better bombs. They were ready for that. So and that's a little bit. You're talking to two guys who closed probably an equal amount of games this year. Hey, you can look at the numbers and them, and you can see who hit more home runs. We both pitched the ninth inning about every other time. Hey, and that's why. And that's why the question was there. I was hoping you'd come out bold, Paul. Just be like you know, it's me. Uh, we're, we're not we're not those two i mean we're extremely competitive when you put us on a mound but when you take us off we're we're never we never have that type of chatter between us it's it's always it's always talking yeah. about the other all right and, well, and if he said if he said coop i'm going with trent vitmeyer so all right well go. if we're gonna go like that the good news is the next foe question is not about either of you so don't be shy because these other guys like i said they were answering it's all in fun as a matter of fact, most of the guys that we ask about are guests of the show, and they'll be all good with it. So, who wins the starting catching job this year, guys? Malazzo or Chavinsky? <laughs> Eric, I'm coming to you first since you want to duck questions. This is <laughs> come on, this baby, let's go. Man, I think those two guys split time. I do. I think you. I mean, it's tough. It's tough because. I, you know, I've heard Malazzo's done a lot better with the bat. Um, he's done a lot better. He's worked on a ton. He's hitting the ball hard. But you can't take his glove. I mean, regardless, I mean, he's he's one of the best, if not the best defensive catcher I've ever thrown to. Um, so you have him, and then you have Travinsky, who, you know, every other at bat will hit the ball 450 feet. So, you know, it's, it's kind of hard to choose between those two. I, I think that it's kind of a similar thing with, with T-Mac and – Malazzo, when when he was healthy this year, is I think they're going to switch off a lot and not not burn each other out. So well, the problem the problem one. becomes is whoever loses the battle, they're going to be in a battle with ten other guys for the DH spot because LSU so loaded. So like winning that catching position um, is vital. But like you said, Eric, the benefit of that for Jay is he can split the time. I assume Paul. You're such a nice guy. You're going to duck this answer as well. No, I'm not. No, I'm not. I got you. I got you. Um, no, I went to the inner squad, uh, a few weeks ago and actually it was like a month and a half ago and Travinsky was one for two and he hit a bomb and Malazzo was three for three with three singles. So Malazzo caught more innings though in the inner squad. So I'm going with Malazzo. There we go. Thank you. All right. So here's my question. This is a fun one. All right. Who hits more home runs? I'm giving you either Dylan Cruz or the field. So I'm giving you the rest of the team. You got you got Tommy White, Trey Morgan, Dugas, all these guys, Skeens. So y'all just said nobody's Dylan Cruz. So, Paul, I'll start with you on this one. I'm giving you Dylan Cruz or the field. Who hits the most bombs? Dylan. Dylan. What about you, Eric? Um, I think if you're like legitimately looking at it from an analytical perspective, I'm going to say the field because you got Tommy White now there. Trey's hitting a lot of bombs now. Um. I mean, 
You still have JT. You have so many, so yeah. many people. Dugas, Skeens. They're so you talking about combined or individual? No, 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 individual. But oh. that's what he's saying. Eric's saying there's so many guys oh. who could possibly do it. But that's what made the fun in this because Dylan okay. Cruises has got this legendary status. But as Eric's talking about, there, there's 12 guys on that team that possibly there's could some outdo dudes. Them. Yeah, there's some dudes. And, Absolutely. hey, I mean, Dugas just got his eye fixed. So, man, there's no telling what's fixing to come from a man now that he can see it all clearly. Well, so. I mean, I'd also I'd also say to make sure, you know, to, to watch Belly, too. I mean, there, there, there's a ton of there's a ton of bats there. Joe Bear. It is yeah no and I love Joe Bear he and he's another guy who's going to have to be battling for position I tell you what I bet you guys are glad that y'all didn't have to do fall inter squads this year with the, with that lineup right like it wouldn't have been as fun as maybe previous years not as much a uh, domination possibility but a lot of chances of getting taken deep oh that I think it would have been fun to throw yeah, to I think it I would I would have loved to throw to White I would have loved to throw to Schemes I would have loved to throw to all those new guys the freshmen I mean it, it's a it's a ton of fun like. I mean, my most fun at bats were against the dudes last year that that had the best falls. I mean, yeah. it's that's the most fun when you you know you have to sit up there and you have to find a way to fool them. You have to find a way to beat them. Um, that's a great time. That's the best. My one of my favorite things about pitching. Yeah. So this next one, this is easier, Eric. This is more your style. You don't have to hurt anyone's feelings. This is this is being <laughs> open and honest about just so. Of the guys that you played with, so you got guys who've already been drafted, and then you got guys who will be drafted. If you were to put your money on who would be the first guy to get called all the way up to the show from LSU, and this can include yourself if you're a believer that it's you, who do you think it is? <sighs> Man, first one. From our draft class? It can either be your draft class or guys that are coming next year. So basically guys you played with. So, so But who's going to be the first one to get called? Who's going to be the first one to get caught up? So, for instance, the Mississippi State guys—they both said they felt like it was Landon Sims. Um, you know how I—I'm I, definitely going to bet on myself, but but I'm not going to, you know, make it a you know a rush to get to get to the big leagues. I think that it's a process, and I got a lot to get better on. So, I'm definitely going to go with Jacob Berry. Um, I think when you talk about polished polished hitters that can make an impact for a big league team, he's at the top of the list. Um, I think I think him and Kate are are going to battle it out with each other to get up. But man, I don't know. I don't know how much, you know, pitchers ranging from double A, triple A to the big leagues um, can really get him out on a consistent basis. Uh, he finds ways to get on base, swings for power, um, you know, is, is extremely smart baseball wise, you know, knows the game. Uh, I'm going to go with Barry. Yeah. And I got to talk to him um, when I went to the fall games, they weren't the ones that Paul were at because I didn't see him, but uh yeah, just talking to him and man, he's such a humble guy. Which yeah. you know, all most of you guys are. I mean, Dylan Cruz, you would never know he's a superstar when you talk to him, right? Like, I mean, all he comes on our show and just talks about what he needs to improve on. Like, he refuses to take a compliment, and and you know, Barry kind of falls in that same boat. But I could I could see it being them, and I could even see it. You know, that's why I said even guys that haven't been there yet, I could see Dylan Cruz getting there next year and just flying right up the thing, you know, whoever knows, but you know, Paul, for you, is it, is it the same answer or you got somebody else you think? I was going to, I was going to say Kate, Kate, uh, Kate has this thing is where, what I love about Kate is he never takes anything too seriously. So like, if he goes like, Oh, for four, like he's like, he'll shrug it off. Like he was, he was my roommate. So at school and if he'd have a bad game, we would win the game like eight to three. I get He's got to do media and all that stuff, no matter how he does. So I get home, 
And he's just sitting there on the couch watching TV. I'm like, bro, you good? He's like, yeah, bro, what? We got another game tomorrow. Like, so he's just got that carefree approach. And I think even if he hits any adversity, he'll battle through it. So I think he'll definitely get there pretty quick. That's a good answer. Yeah. And there's no wrong answer in this. And it's just all, yeah. that's why I said. We'll all get there uh, at the opening day of this year. That's what I'm going with. They, <laughs> I, I love it. I'm down for it. So, um, you know, Paul, you were talking about you were there for the fall. Um, and I don't know how much Eric's gotten to see, but I'm going to start with you since you were there. Um, what pitcher do you think – obviously, there's a lot of big names in there, but what pitcher do you think from the LSU pitching staff this upcoming year is going to surprise the most people? I've, I've been saying it since the summer. You probably Grant Taylor, I've been saying it every day. Oh, yeah. He's going to be oh, special yeah. this year. He went up and played in the Cape, and uh, he just dealt every time he went. I think he had 30 innings. He had like 48 strikeouts, like allowed two runs, and he's just continuously gotten better. I've talked to – uh, even a couple of our scouts with the Mets, like what they think of him, they don't even think they're going to get a chance to draft him because he's going to go uh, so early in the draft. And I'm expecting a huge year for him for sure. All right. So, Eric, I don't want you to use the same answer, even though you were like extremely acknowledging. Give me give me another guy outside of Grant Taylor that you think is going to surprise people. I got two. Um, I got Bryce Collins and, and Garrett Edwards. Um, I think that Bryce Collins, both, those- both games I watched him pitch, he was dealing. There you go. And people, people, people look like look right over for, for no reason. I mean, when you like look at it analytically, the way that teams look at it now, um, he has an insane amount of induced vertical break on his fastball, which basically means that the hitters are seeing it start at the ground and just ride up on him. Right? They like it's really, really tough to barrel him, and you know he has this unlike freaking mountain curveball that just like climbs up, drops off out of nowhere. Um, he throws both for strikes right now, working on a changeup. He's 94 to 96. I mean, it, like, it, it's unbelievable, like, the, how far he's come through the injuries and stuff that he's had to work through. Um, you know, you could say there's subtle bias there, him being my roommate, but, I mean, I've, I've seen him work. I've seen, you know, how how much he's tried to improve and, and kind of the way that he's done it. It's, it's awesome. And then Garrett Edwards – I mean, also overlooked at times where, you know, when he's on, he's 92 to 95 he's with gross. his putter. You know, he's got four pitches for strikes. He can throw the curve. He can throw the slider. Uh, he's got a little split change that he throws. He throws a sinker. It's ridiculous. And he throws it all for strikes, too. And, you know, I know he's battled through some injuries. But um, if both of those guys are healthy, which they should continue to be, be huge pieces that I think a lot of people are overlooking. So – you know, we talk about overlooking altogether. Paul, how, you know, how advantageous do you think it is that so many people are focused on the LSU batting lineup that they're not focusing on how good the pitching really is going to be? Oh, yeah, it's awesome because, like, they get all the hype. The lineup does, which obviously they will is probably as long as Coach Johnson's there because, like, that's what people know him as. But the staff is deep this year. They got, like, seven, eight, nine guys in the bullpen that would probably be – weekend guys or closers on most sec teams so i think we're gonna have a lot of guys have really huge years and i think you can really see a special type of season from those guys yeah because i mean that's what i keep hearing you know if you if you read the the baseball media that's all they do they'll just talk about the lsu batting lineup and it's like to your point and i and i've been down there for uh see I went to six inter squads and then I went to the the double scrimmage against McNeese and and I've watched these guys and it's like yeah y'all are sleeping on this pitching staff to your point and so yeah I'm I'm excited for it I know y'all are excited for it like 
and and that's something you know uh eric man i mean like as long as you're not playing you don't have your own game or you don't have practice i mean is it one of those things you're going to try to find yourself in front of a tv watching every game or if you know if it just so happens that there's an opening to where you can go down to the box and catch it you're going to be there absolutely oh my god absolutely i mean i if i like I tell people like more than anything when they ask about my experience at LSU, it's just I wish I had three full years there. You know, Me I wish too. I had three years. Thing. Yeah, I, I wish I had three years for a chance at a natty. Um, and we had one. And a lot of guys are going to get this next year as another opportunity. And you know, I want to see those guys get it because they work so hard and they have so much ability that they keep finding every day. Um, that it, it just fires me up to be able to watch them, root for them, and and kind of see it from another lens this year. I'm really really looking forward to it. Yeah, and I'll tell you this something funny, you know, talking about coming into this year, um, you know, Eric, because we talked about it. You gave you gave the tip of the cap to Ole Miss on your episode um, and what they did, especially when they came down to Baton Rouge. The funny part is, you know, doing what I do, I'm a part of every fan group, and it's amazing how many Ole Miss fans are saying they're trying to – they can't wait for tickets to go on sale, and they're ready for when LSU comes to town. And I'm like, yeah, I hope you're ready because there's a chip on the shoulder from last year. And when you look at this team that we got coming in, I don't know that you are ready. Now, anything can happen in the SEC's a gauntlet, but I don't know that I would just be excited, super excited that LSU's coming to town. Yeah, they shouldn't be. They definitely should not be. I, I can't wait to watch that series. So, you know, obviously y'all talked about, um, you know, obviously facing like Cade and everything, but let's take it to a next level. And especially since, you know, y'all made the comment, everybody's going to make it up. So let's include this upcoming year's draft class, everybody. So all your teammates that, that do end up making it pro, they make it, they make it to the next level. I'm going to start with you, Paul. If you can pick one guy, and it's not because you have anything personal, it's all in fun. If you could pick one guy to be the first strikeout victim that was a former teammate, on the biggest stage, who's it going to be? Cade, definitely Cade. He's my roommate. Personally, that's my, that's my guy. And he got me. I walked him, and he got a hit off me this year in so, Pro Bowl. So it's already started. So they got to be Cade. I have a feeling Eric's going to come with Dylan. I just know it. <laughs> um, I'm going to go Dylan, and I'm going to go Dylan, and I'm going to throw him three changeups. Righty, ready. Jeez, I I tell you what, you know what my favorite uh my favorite at bat guys, you'll appreciate this uh and and it was great because it happened before Tommy White came on the episode. Ty Floyd threw him three straight sliders, and he chased every one of them. And and Tommy owned it. He came on the episode and he said, I said, you know, I asked him the same kind of questions I was asking you. I was like, you know, what guys do you feel like have looked the best uh, this fall? Um, you know, pitching wise, and he was like Ty Floyd. He's like three pitches made me look stupid, and I was like, "Yeah, I happened to be there for that." So, <laughs> no, like, Ty, Ty, like we haven't talked about him because we've more so talked about guys that are overlooked. Right now, Ty's not overlooked, and there's a reason for it. He's disgusting, really good. disgusting. He's and and he's also the humblest, hardest working guy. I mean, him, him, and Dylan are you know pitcher and hitter version of each other. They they work hard. They put their heads down. You know, they know they're good and they always want to get better. So he's just a guy I'm always going to root for, too. So yeah. is I've guy, always said – you can ask Rez. I've always said Ty's my favorite player. Ty's yeah. Saul's favorite player. Yeah. yeah so, every day. so the other pitcher who's not overlooked um, and that y'all didn't get to play with, uh, but you did get to play against, um, you know, was obviously Paul Skeens. I'm going to tell you guys, you know, obviously y'all y'all know about it. Y'all have heard it. You have probably seen it. 
Look, I go to that game against McNeese, and his first pitch is 96. The second pitch is 97. Third pitch is 98. Um, and, it, and it's a three-straight three pitch strikeout, and he continues. And with each one, he climbed the ladder all the way to 100. And I thought, at this, like, he's going to get to 110 the way he's going. And then, and then he drops. Look, so he's thrown eight straight fastballs that have ranged from 96 to 100. And so he's got this guy up there, the third batter. Anyway, and then he just drops a 78-mile-an-hour pitch. This guy swung so early, and I was like, man, if you can command your fastball like that and have them on their heels, oh, my God, what a bad. And that's why what we're talking about, it's going to be filthy. It's going to be fun. Um, so I'm ready for it. So let's turn it back around real quick, and then I know you guys got to get out of here. I was going to let Mike, my main host, who knows everything MLB, get into this part with you because – he would know more about this, so I'm going to kind of keep it short. But, you know, Eric, with the Yankees, man, obviously the organization, we talk about the name that they have, but obviously look at the team that they have right now. Um, you know, like, are there guys that, you know, you look up to that are on that team? Not that you personally know yet, but, like, when you look at that Yankees organization and you're seeing that, are there, are there guys that, like, you know, that you're excited about the possibility, like you said, if you get to move up, like, of playing because – the Yankees got like a, such a legit roster. Absolutely. I mean, it's, it's, they have an amazing roster. They have really good management. I mean, all the coaches are fantastic. Like I haven't met one staff member that, that, you know, has, has said anything wrong. I mean, it, it's just first class all the way. Um, and we've, I've definitely been able to meet some guys that I never thought I'd be able to meet and, and work out alongside and throw with. And, you know, one that's, that's really cool that I love watching highlights of this year. Right. Like Michael King. Unbelievable, unbelievable stuff. Sinker, slider. I mean, ridiculous movement, you know, throws, throws him into high 90s. Like just a guy that I've always thought had ridiculous stuff. And every day I'm in there working out with him. And he's the most down to earth dude, the nicest guy. Any advice anyone needs. I mean, he's like he understands that all these guys are in there for the first time. He went through it. Super easy to talk to. I mean, like that's that's what I strive to be able to do, you know, to be able to make it up to the big leagues, realize that dream, um, you know, help, help a team win a world series, um, be able to do it specifically with the Yankees, just knowing that, you know, growing up, I mean, it's America's team, um, right. it's America's team, it's, um, tradition and to be able to be a part of that and, and work towards having a chance to, to win a world series with them is crazy. And, uh, to be able to do it and, and remain grounded like that guy, um, it would be unbelievable. Michael's awesome, and it's been really cool kind of being able to meet him and, and see how he goes about his work. This is this is probably a pretty simple answer, and it's probably Derek Jeter, but if you could pick, like, one guy that you've watched as a Yankee, like, you know, um, well, and it may not be him, um, that you would be able to play with, like, if you could basically fast-forward them into time or you go back in time, who, who's the Yankee that you play? Is, is that who it is or is it somebody else? Mariano Rivera. Oh, that makes sense. You're, you know what? You're a bullpen guy, and I, I say Derek Jeter. I just think about his name, but Mariano Rivera is the best, no doubt. Yep. I don't even know why I even thought that. Um, so, last one on the in reference to the Yankee guys. You know, did you um, any baseball player is going to be a fan and watch Aaron Judge and what he's doing? But as as being a guy who's a part of the Yankees organization, was there extra excitement watching a guy do what he did? Absolutely, we watched every game. I mean, we, we loved it. Um, it. It was awesome. And to have a team to root for, knowing we're a part of it, it it's, it's just an unbelievable feeling. Um, and 
you know, obviously hoping he resigns. We're sitting here waiting on it any minute, but, uh, you know, if he doesn't, um, you know, kudos to him, man. He's, he's worked for it. Um, from everything I've heard in the organization, he's the nicest guy, um, does not, you know, acts like he's just another one of the dudes, um, works the same way and, and is able to hit, you know, an unbelievable amount of home runs. So it's cool. Hoping he resigns, but, but yeah, absolutely. So Paul, let me ask you as, as an opposing member of a different team, if you're facing Aaron judge and he's trying to set the record, like, are you just going about business as normal or is it all up in your mind and you're trying to do anything you can to make sure you're not that guy that's going in the history books with him? Um, I would, I mean, you want to say it's business as usual, but he goes up to the play, you know, what's going on. Like, <laughs> but, like would you I'm be not, scared? Would you be scared? Be, be honest. Oh, with I'd me. be scared, <laughs> but like, I mean, I'm not going to like, Oh man, I, I gotta, I gotta walk him. Cause I don't want to be there. I mean, I'm going to still go after him. I mean, I'm not probably not going to throw him a fastball down the middle if I can help it. Eric will. Eric's coming <laughs> right at him. Heater. Yeah. No, uh, no, I, it's definitely not business as usual, but I don't, I wouldn't shy away. I'd still just go after him with my best stuff. So with you, same thing, you know, obviously big time you're in New York and the Mets have been on the rise, you know, so something that people have waited for a long time. And so you're joining an organization, same thing. Um, high expectations. Honestly, I thought with the pitching staff that they had this year, they would be there in the end of obviously a little disappointing. Phillies went on a heater and kind of ruined things for a lot of teams. Um, but you know, like, have you, same thing as Eric, have you met some guys or there's some guys that you've built some relationships or some guys that, you know, you really can't wait to, uh, to hopefully move up and be teammates with? Oh yeah, for me it's uh, Justin Verlander. He just signed with the Mets, actually, but he's been my favorite player since I was like six years old. So it's it was really cool to see him sign uh, with the Mets uh, a couple of days ago, and I'm obviously really excited. Hopefully, I get to meet him in uh, spring training and hopefully learn a couple of things. Paul, are you gonna fanboy? Are you gonna fanboy him? Are you gonna? No, are you no, gonna no, get no. Over? Yeah, cool, you are. Yeah. Yes, you are. I'm gonna be yeah, just I, like I, the I, I guy. fanboyed. I fanboyed when I met him the other week, so it's all right, Paul. Well, there you go. See, yeah. there you go. I'll just tell him I know Rez, and then it'll be good. I'll tell him I know Rez. <laughs> oh my god, dude! I like I was working out at Cressy's place. Um, I was throwing a bullpen there, and he's in there. And I don't even I don't even hide the fact that that, that I literally just look up to this guy like yeah. none other. Um, you know, try to watch every game he pitches. I've been like highlights are like my last thing on like my YouTube channel. Like, come on, like I, uh, Verlander, like. Not he's many awesome. can do it like him. Not many have done it like him. Um, and it's he's really fun to watch. So walking in there, I was like, there's no way Justin Verlander's sitting there doing doing a workout over there to my left. And Eric Cressy was like saw that, thought it was funny, and went over and introduced me before I left. That's and awesome. absolutely fanboy. And there's nothing wrong with it, too. It's like there, there is anything wrong with it. And look, and the reason why I told I told Paul, look. So, I mean, I get to meet athletes all the time, but as, you know, obviously LSU fan, um, you probably figure I'm also a Saints fan, you know, I'm everything Louisiana. And, you know, I happen to be at walk-ons in New Orleans, and I hear the waitress say that Drew Brees and, and Deuce McAllister, because this was back some time, were fixing to be heading down. And you can ask my wife, she makes fun of me to people. She said, I got giddy <laughs> like a schoolgirl. I jumped up. I made sure I was down at the bottom of the steps when they came down. 
And like, I absolutely fanboy the mess out of them as a grown man. And I have no shame in it at all. Like it is what it is. I didn't ask for no autographs or anything. Cause I didn't have anything with me, but I just had to shake hands and just be like, man, y'all are like my favorite players. I'm a dollar Saints fan. It's an honor to meet you. So I, so I had to do it. So, you know, with Verlander being your guy growing up, same way as Breeze was my guy. Like I, I had to, like it had to happen. Yeah. So, you know, I'm going to let you guys that, uh, get out of here, Eric. I know you got some things to get to. And like I said, there was going to be a lot more Yankees Mets questions. Um, my host is still MIA. I hope he's alive because he's never missed an episode of anything before. So uh, everybody say their prayers when this thing's over. Mike Hughes, wherever you're at, I hope you're not, you know, somewhere in a ditch. But, uh, you know, we appreciate you guys coming on, um, you know, uh, obviously you can follow both these guys on their social media accounts. Um, you know, obviously with Paul, I know specifically you can follow, will you be right back? You know, that's a question for you before I let you go. Will you be right back with St. Lucie Metz or do you have no clue? No clue. No clue. And, and Eric, and Eric, it's probably the same with you. Y'all have no, you just show up and then you'll figure it out from there. All right, so for now, just follow these guys on their regular basic social media accounts, and then from there, figure out which team they're going to first and follow them. And hopefully, you know, Eric's Eric's teams will get up to, to par with Paul's teams because I was able to see everything Paul was doing. So I don't I don't know. I don't know. Everything Eric was doing is flying on the radar. But I appreciate you guys and, uh, and, and having your time. And, um, you know, we'll see everybody back tomorrow, hopefully with my host. We're going to have uh, Dylan DeLucia, Tim Elko, and Brandon Johnson. But this has been Pros and Joes talking friends and foes with Paul Gervais and Eric Resman. You guys have a fantastic evening. Thanks, Jim. Appreciate you too, it. man. Appreciate you having us. Right. See you all.